Two, two, chip, chip, chip. Yo, yo. All right, let me check my volume here. Chip, chip, chip. Look. I hear you fine. Cool, cool, cool. Top Plays Cop Podcast. <laughs> and Pellegrino. Top plays. <laughs> what no topo, no topo chico uh no with san pellegrino the um the grapefruit version tonight so for the record it is already after it is basically 11 o'clock yeah one minute if ago. i fall asleep on you somehow get a hold of caleb because i will freeze <laughs> i will i will freeze tonight if i stay outside yeah, it's going to be in the 30s tonight where you are. I mean, it already is like much colder than that here. It's like 20s at least. Right. Yeah, but I mean, granted, I do have a heater running, like blowing on me, but still, I don't know that I would survive. So let's just get right into it because, well, one, we can record right away. And two, I'm still hype. Um, what a game. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about that one first. Uh might as well, because it's right on our minds. So, yeah. yeah, holy cow. Um, heading into, like, if we go back to our last weekend, our last episode, rather, and uh, I said, you know, this is going to be the best game of the weekend. And it was the last game of the weekend, so I had a little bit of thoughtful, you know, eh, it's kind of some hype. What if it doesn't? What if one team gets out to a big lead? And... At one point, I think Kansas City had a nine-point lead, and they could, if they would have built on that, it could have potentially turned, but it didn't. It was actually one of the best football games I've ever watched. It was so good. It was everything you'd want in a game. It was exciting. There's some defense. There's a lot of offense. Um, not a lot of turnovers. Not a lot of penalties. There's four penalties the whole game. It was just incredible. It may have been the best NFL game I've ever watched. It really may have. It was phenomenal. Um, so let's see. I'm trying to. I can't go that high on it because I've had games where the Steelers have had, like, I like I mentioned last week we were talking about Ben. The Steelers Cardinals yeah. Super Bowl uh, 43 was probably my favorite game of all time because obviously it's my favorite team in the Super Bowl game-winning drive. It was wild. But tonight's game did not let me down. Right. Uh, it was entertaining from front to, you know, from kickoff to final whistle. Um, and I really didn't care who won the game. Uh, I'll get into my my bet that I didn't make that I really, really regret not making. And even more so after tonight, because I thought this was the most challenging team they'd have to face probably the rest of the playoffs, but definitely in the AFC. Can we, can we say that Josh Allen has cemented himself as a, without a doubt, top tier quarterback? Can we say that now? Um, I would say he's the second best quarterback. And I think that, um, I think it was, it wasn't last season. I want to say it was two seasons ago, but it could have been three um, where he had a really good year. And I thought, well, actually, I think it was just last year. Maybe it's two years. One or two years ago. Regardless, I thought, you know, maybe it's a one-off kind of deal because he's like one of those quarterbacks that runs. But he's not dependent on it. He actually improved his accuracy. I mean, getting digs helped a lot. But he improved his accuracy, and he became a great quarterback. And I would say, you now, granted, you're going to have – like if it's like a game ending situation, you know, Brady's up there as far, but like long-term 
he's right behind. I think him and Mahomes are like one A and one B basically. They're both fantastic, slightly different, but they both can throw the ball very well. They both have mobility. I think Josh Allen has a little bit more mobility and he's bigger. Um, but man, wow. <laughs> wow. They're both great at just creating. They're they're like they're very good. They're mobile enough to evade and then create something when it looks like maybe nothing is there. They both are also very accurate. Like tonight, both of them threw really good passes and scrambled really well. And now one thing, and I think part of it is just because Mahomes is smaller, but Allen, like, I mean, he trucked some people. Like he he trucked uh, Tredavious Ward. Yeah, he injured him. Like he was out for a few plays because he's such a big guy. I think that's what uh, his upside is as far as running. Um, he's bigger. He's more of like a we'll call him like a Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton type. Yeah, like there was uh, that when he trucked through those two defenders. Uh, it, I I messaged you and saying like it was very reminiscent of John Elway fighting for that extra yardage in the Super Bowl that one year. I mean, it was... Is that the one where he flipped or whatever in the end zone? No. this. What I'm thinking about is John Elway lowering his shoulder for a first down, if I remember correctly. That sounds familiar. Like, did I remember? It's been a while. It's been like uh, 20... Five years? Yeah, it's been, that won it's been a long time. Or 98, 99, something like that. They won those two years back to back. But I'm a little older than you two, but I remember that. Oh, yeah, I, I basically remember the Super Bowls. Uh, the first one I didn't watch that I was like interested in watching was the Chargers and 49ers in like 94. And then the Steelers made it in 95, and I've been watching it ever since. Even if, you know, I didn't watch every playoff game like then because right. I was a kid and not that interested, but... It was a great game tonight. And then um, Gabriel Davis, good Lord. I mean, he just was catching everything. I don't know how many passes he caught, but he had 204 or 209 yards and four touchdowns. It was wild. Like, he – Four touchdowns. Yeah. And how many of them were in the second half? And how many were just, like, bomb touchdowns? Because he caught the one with 75 yards. And then he caught that one that was, like, one – I think it was, like, 19 or 20 yards, I think, right at the end. Um, that last to give them oh, the yeah. three point lead. Well, I guess gave them the one point lead at the time before the two point conversion. And what was crazy to me that it was like it was him and not Diggs. But I wonder if it was. I wonder if the defense was basically honed in on Diggs, and then and that freed up Davis. Probably. But Davis has some good footwork. He like he runs routes really well. And like the last tu- one of the last touchdowns he got, that was how he got it. He made like a little fake, like he was cutting left, and then went right, and it created just enough separation that he that he broke that he broke away for to catch the ball and get in the end zone. Think about the potential next year, because I mean, I, I was already thinking fantasy just seeing him go off like this tonight. I was like, can you imagine him and Diggs on the same team next year? Still have Josh uh, Allen. Maybe 
I know the Singletary was doing a lot better towards the end of the season. Like he actually started looking like the first, mm-hmm. well, I think it was the first round pick, maybe it was the second round pick, but um, if they even get like a, a, a slight upgrade at running back, like, holy cow, that team is going to be like them in Kansas city. They're, they're the two, even though I think Cincinnati's close. I still don't think they're as close as these two teams. Cause I think they're, they have better defenses. Yeah. Cincy. Cincy is definitely close right now, at least. They are on a roll. They have a lot of momentum, uh, but so did the Bills. I mean, it's just, I mean, 13 seconds left. It's like there's two quarterbacks in the NFL that you would be scared if you give them 13 seconds. Mahomes and Brady. I feel like that's... And Rodgers. Because Rod, I've seen Rodgers do too many Hail Marys that I would put him in that category as well. They're, they're, Brady and Rodgers are the two older quarterbacks who I would say and definitely are still in the upper echelon. Like I said, Mahomes and Josh Allen are like 1A and 1B right now. But even though Brady right. pretty much needs a really good team around him, um, I still think he has it. I, I, as a team, as a big Steelers fan, and have gotten beat by Tom Brady time after time again, just watching him drive down the field and dissect the defense is just scary. And uh, Rodgers, I've seen him just these Hail Marys, and he has like two or three. He doesn't have a ton, but that's still impressive to just launch it from 50 yards. And he has a really good connection with um, uh, Adams. Devontae Adams. And so yep. those – and now I would say, honestly – Josh Allen is kind of moving up there. He might be like the fourth guy you don't want to give the ball to because he had a minute, like five or a minute and three seconds. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought the game was over with the last touchdown KC scored. Like, I told you this game was over. I didn't because they had that a minute and something's pretty good and three timeouts. I was like, "Eh, they still have it. They still have a chance. It was, yeah, it was, it was, we could go on and on. It was one of the best NFL games I've ever seen. Can I just say, that I hate the fact that in the NFL, <laughs> if you score a touchdown in OT, the game's over. I hate that. I don't. I don't mind it in the regular season, but in the playoffs, I do think, especially because you could see the defenses were like there was. Uh, I believe they said twenty-five points in the last minute and fifty-three, fifty-seven seconds. Uh, yeah, scored. like holy hell, and they were they were tired. Like I, I even said when I was watching the game just out loud, I was like, if I was Buffalo right now when they had the ball, I don't know, somewhere in, within the fifteen yard line, Kansas City before they threw it to Kelsey, I said I would call a timeout because you're not really worried about the clock at this point. I would just rest my defense like every play, like call a timeout, get them rested, and then kind of go from there. But uh, they end up getting a touchdown like the next play too. Yeah, but. uh it was oh my gosh! Really? It was crazy. I, oh, Talk yeah, about was, top plays. Like That's that like thing was top play. Top. <laughs> that game was the top play of the week of the season. Oh my gosh! I, I think the only really bad play I remember being called like that was hideously bad at the point was um, when Kansas City had the ball and it was like third down and one, and then they they had Mahomes run out to like the receiver position, and then they had the backup tight end take the ball and try to run it. I was like, that, that was dumb. You should have. Yeah. Uh, trickery. Kicking a field goal. It didn't work. I, I would have. Right. There's another play and another game. We'll talk about um, kind of a, a similar <laughs> situation. Where it's like, just, just do the right play at this point, you know, just, just do the right play. Um, 
but that would be like the only one that like egregious one that stuck out in my mind is uh is that one right there but it was a great game like really i thought with the three games um being being all close um varying um greatness in different different degrees of watching them because i did watch all the games uh but last weekend being hyped for it and then really being let down by pretty much every game uh oh yeah this weekend was way different like last weekend i even told you like i went to play 2k uh, a lot of the times and just kept the game on because it wasn't like that close or entertaining and this weekend none of that happened so yeah there were so many blowouts in the nfl last weekend so yeah yeah just uh, there was what two close games last weekend um uh, one i think the only one that was actually close was cincinnati and and um las vegas I think it well, was kind of out of reach. Even though the 49ers kind of seemed like they were in control, that Dallas game was close. It was close at the end, but if you're it was kind of like it was it was very similar to a degree of the Rams and Buccaneers game today where it was close by a score, but it that game was was wild at the end. Uh just because the Rams almost gave that one away. Um, they had the like two plays that allowed um, Tampa Bay basically to tie up the game uh, when they had a substantial lead. It was, <laughs> it was. Uh, I was really hoping that they would go for two, and it would be twenty eight to three, like the the score that Tom Brady came back uh, in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. And, and don't remind me, they, <laughs> they ended up going just for the one. It was twenty seven to three, and I uh, I tweeted out that point. I was like. Uh, check scoreboard 27 3 Tom Brady good close enough <laughs> uh, because you know it, it yeah. seemed like that was it had some potential and then it and it did get tied at 27 and I'm thinking you got to be kidding me um, it, it, all the momentum had swung towards Tampa Bay and it looked like Tampa Bay was actually going to win the game but it, it was it's one of those wild games because the Rams looked looked so good um not great running the ball, but they they looked good enough, like the whole game, especially the defense. And then I, they had a couple of turnovers that really hurt them. Uh, they got back in the game, and then when they tied it, I was like, "You've basically ran with Cam Akers. He fumbled the ball, and I was like, you 'You've got to be kidding me! They can they can tie up the game now.' And they did, and uh, the Buccaneers just had two blunders. There was one pass that was, I don't know, fifteen twenty yards maybe uh, to Cooper Cup on the sideline. And then, of course, like the bomb down the middle to like the 15 that he caught. Like he he's he had the triple crown for the receiver this year. He had the most re- receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. And he was open. Yeah, he was good. <laughs> How do you not double cover him? You you really only have. I mean, I guess if you put Van Jefferson in, you have a little bit more to worry about because he is explosive. Um, of course, Odell's there as well. But I'm saying you, I would probably try to. At least all you anything you got to do is not give up any points at all, which was you know definitely definitely could have done that and uh, surprising, but um, it wasn't it was the it was I say the least entertaining game. Uh, really, I would say it's probably one of the least of the weekend, um, just because the Rams really did have the game. It was kind of like similar to what they did Monday when we were recording we um, were watching the game where they had the lead and they just were trying to hold on to it in the second half because they had the lead 27 to three in the se- in the third quarter. And they just basically, let's just win this game, but you're going to get Tom Brady, not um, my mind went blank right now. Uh, Kyler Murray. 
By the way, did you see in the Mahomes game, uh, Mahomes make that pass that kind of was like, remind me of Kyler Murray. And he, you know, he didn't throw a pick six. Right. He kind of, he threw it and then threw a, t- t- a touchdown to um, Pringle. That was wild. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's just crazy what Mahomes can do. But so I, talking about the Tampa Bay game, the Tampa Bay Rams game, first off, I'm excited for the Rams. I'm excited for Stafford. I'm very glad about the run that they're on. But as you know, I didn't get to really watch that game. I did look at this. I was able to glance at it every now and then. And so I saw the score when it was 27 to 3 at what? Like the end of the second quarter? No, it was the third quarter. Because it was okay, twenty so it was, to three at the half, because they were they actually were driving okay. at the end of the the set the first half, and there was a fumble. Um, I think it was by Acres actually. Uh, his head wasn't down before the ball hit, and so they ruled it a fumble because it was a clear uh, uh, recovery from Tampa Bay, and so they were at least going to get three, uh, potentially a touchdown because he was down within the five. So that would have been like the kill shot there. And then they still end up getting the touchdown uh, the next drive to start the third quarter. Okay. So, yeah, I yeah. guess I early in the third quarter, cause like I said, I was just glancing. I didn't like really see where it was, but I saw that it was 27 to three and it looked like Stafford and them were on a roll. And the next thing I know it's freaking obviously a lot of time had passed, but it was like a, it was a tied game. We're almost tied. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I got really, I was very annoyed at that point because I thought Brady was going to do it. Cause they, um, they ended up going for a field goal. I think when they went for the next drive and it was 21 to six and then they end up holding them. They get another touchdown. And then there's the, I think two, I don't think it was a pick, but I could be wrong. I know they ended up giving the ball back at least, and they scored a touchdown. And I'm thinking, oh man, they're the momentum is really in Tampa's favor right now. And I thought honestly that game was going to go to overtime, and I thought Tampa was basically going to do what Kansas City did. They had the momentum and just went with it um, because I think basically LA wanted to play safe. They had the lead, and they're thinking, you know, let's just get out of here, let's go home. I think it's going to be tough for them next week. Uh, I don't know who's going to win that game. Uh, division games are very hard to call. Uh, I didn't realize that San Fran had won both games. I knew they won the most recent game, but I didn't realize they won earlier in the season too. Yeah. So no, that's going to be tough. That's going to be a really tough game. Hopefully it's a good game. Yeah. Um, oh, I think it will be. I mean, they're division opponent. I mean, they're division rivals. Um, it's it's going to be – I think it will be close. Um, I hope Debo plays. Oh yeah, I didn't look into that. I was going to check into that. Have they given? I haven't looked up any. Um, I think it's too early right now, anyway, because they're they. I mean, it's an off day. Uh, we'll probably know more tomorrow, or Tuesday, when they start giving like the first practice reports and everything. But I really hope he plays because I think he's going to be very, very key in that game. Um, Jennings was really good uh, too. The second game of the season, so I think that will be. Uh, pretty much key for them. I don't know. They're off. It was a, it, that was the other tough game to watch. And I honestly thought the green Bay was going to crush that, that uh, the 49ers because 
they didn't do anything on the first drive. The first drive for Green Bay, they go down the field and touchdown. I'm thinking, oh man, they're they're not rusty at all. The 49ers defense isn't like holding up in the cold weather. This is going to be rough, and they didn't get another touchdown the rest of the game. I was very shocked by that, um, especially in the snow. I just assumed someone would fall or something in the second half, and it just never happened. And they held them to one field goal after that. And really, their defense won them the game because they had that block, or I guess special teams, but their their uh, special teams blocked the uh, punt and got the touchdown to tie it up at 10. That was big. Yeah. And, I mean, the the play that Debo got hurt on was huge, him getting that first down. Yeah, but he was just, really pushing for it, too. Like, you could tell he was giving that extra effort. Like, he would have, like, had a guy on his hips, like, trying to bring him down. He'd probably try to drag him along just to get to that first down marker. It just blows my mind that not only is Debo Samuel, who's their receiver, a top rusher for them, like a running back, but also the fact that they have done that all season and the scheme is just so well, like, thought out and they they run those, like, I, like, I guess you would call it like a trick play. I don't know. It, it's very college, kind of. You know, it's not NFL necessarily what you would expect, but they run them so they run it so well that even though defenses know to expect it, they're still really successful in it, even here in the play. And I think what it is, um, it's because he's a playmaker. He's kind of like Ty- he's not Tyreek Hill, but he's like a di- another version or a different kind of Tyreek Hill in a way where you want the ball in his hands because he's going to do something with it. Uh, like Tyreek Hill on the punt return that he did tonight and took for like 35, 40 yards or whatever and got them within the 10 uh, or I'm sorry, within the 15. That's the one where they had that terrible third down call that I said was just a, kind of egregious. But um He's that playmaker. You give him the, you want him to have the ball like 10, 15 times a game at least. Cause if he's only, if you're only using him as a receiver, he's going to have it what, like five, maybe 10 times somewhere in that range, kind of depending how, what, who's covering him, if he gets open and whatnot. Right. But if you can give him the ball and he can kind of create something out of the backfield, make some linebackers miss, he's going to get in the secondary and have like 15, 20 yards by the time they meet him. So, yeah. That was a good game to watch. I mean, I was at my buddy's house to watch UFC and we actually when there was like four minutes left in the game we turned from UFC back to the NFL game to watch until it was over and then we went back and And then you had like the snow coming down too which even you know I'm not a big snow fan just like in general but watching a football game in it is fun so I mean I don't dislike Green Bay, but I was very happy with the outcome of that game. Like I said, I'm very happy that the Rams beat the Bucks, And I I was telling you while the game was going on tonight that I when that when the Kansas City game started, I was just like, I hope this is a great game. I am happy with either of these teams winning. Either one would be awesome. 
I like them both. I like both quarterbacks, you know, and the playmakers on both teams. So I was all for it. But by like midway through the fourth quarter, I don't, I started really rooting for the Bills. And I don't know, I'm kind of disappointed. As much as I like KC, as much as Kelsey is one of my favorite NFL players, there, and I mean, obviously, I, I love Mahomes too, but. I don't know, man. There was something about the Bills that this game, especially really by the end of it, I was rooting for them, and I kind of wish they had won it. I, f- I feel like when we were talking towards the end of the game and you're saying, like, man, Josh Allen's kind of won me over. I'm like, well, I know who he's going for next year in fantasy. <laughs> it's going to be, like, Josh Allen. Like, this year you're, like, Lamar Jackson. I don't know. Yeah, Listen, year, you're like, Josh Allen. I'd have tried for – I. Josh was gone, I think, by my choice. I don't think I had the option to get him. He's he's great. And, and like, that team, I mean, I'm with you. I would have been fine either one winning it, really, Um, because I I don't dislike any of them. Uh, I think Buffalo has built a very, very nice team that, like I said, somewhat surprising. But they they have some good playmakers. Uh, They have a great quarterback. And those two – it is. It's the next Manning Brady battle, I believe. And barring yeah. any kind of crazy injury, um, Mahomes is going to be in Kansas City for a while. Um, and they have the same. They have maybe not the same level. They don't have like a Knox is really good. Um, if someone's had him in fantasy this year, he's a very good tight end. He's not Kelsey, obviously. Um, Diggs is is very good as well. So they're not quite on the same level as like the skill players that they have in uh, Kansas City. After Davis, after what Davis did tonight, like if that continues, oh. then they're pretty even. Yeah, because they they I think I like Davis. I like the combo of Davis and Diggs versus Tyreek Hill. I won't put Kelsey in that, even though he's basically a receiver. I would say any of Kansas City, whether it be Pringle or Hardman, I like Davis and Diggs better because Davis was has some speed. Like that, that's going to be a team that's going to. Eventually, they're going to beat Kansas City at some point. Like it's going to be a playoff yeah. game, and they're going to beat it because it's it's going to happen. They're too they're too even uh, for it not to happen. It was very reminiscent of the New England Kansas City game from two years ago, when um, that's when Kansas City's defense was bad before they won the Super Bowl that year, and or maybe it's tw- uh, twenty nineteen rather. I'm trying to think, yeah, twenty nineteen, yeah, because they won. That would be yeah. two so years. Twenty nineteen. That would have yeah, been 20, well, yeah. three years. Um, well, because they won anyways. it two years ago and they won yeah. made it last year and lost. So it was three years ago when they played New England in the AFC title game. They went to overtime and the Patriots got the ball first and Kansas City defense was really bad. And so they drove down the field and won the game. So it's kind of very, very similar to that. And I wonder if the NFL makes any um, overtime changes because of the Yeah, and like you were saying before, at least – in the playoffs, it should not end by some. Uh, it shouldn't be if they score a touchdown, it's over. The other team should get a chance to answer because it's, I, it's the playoffs. And the way that I game is it, going, the freaking Bills very likely would have. Oh yeah, it was. It was offensive. It was like show me what you have. It was kind of like. Uh, Show me what you got. 
it's kind of like Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson going out, like, oh, yeah, you got this? Well, I'll do this. And you're just going back and forth. So my my I think would be best just for, like, a television product would be um, in overtime. I like the 15 minutes. I like the three timeouts. Um, I think playoffs only in this situation, 15 minutes, three timeouts. Both teams get a chance to get the ball on offense unless, for example, let's say Kansas City got it tonight. Bills intercepts, pick six. That game would be over at that point. Safety game's over. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Field goal, both teams should touch it. Then it goes to sudden death. So let's say Kansas City drives the field. They score the touchdown like they did tonight. I think the Bills get a chance. They know they have to get a touchdown at this point, not just a field goal. And if they get it, then it goes to sudden death. And then I think next score wins. I would be just, like I said, playoffs only. Because I think, especially with the momentum that both teams had the last two minutes of that game, it would have carried over in overtime. And the defenses were so gassed, it would have been kind of like interesting to see how um, the Buffalo responded after that Kansas City touchdown. So, um, Super Bowl prediction. Okay, let me – I'm going to set this up. So, first off (laughs) – Yeah, let's let's talk about your uh, – So – my friend Chrissy is a massive, definitely Patrick Mahomes fan because she's a big Texas Tech fan. So on December 23rd, that evening, late afternoon, something like that, um, I said, you're going to be happy this year because it's going to be Kansas City and San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Obviously, Kansas City wins, but that was going to be my Super Bowl bet. And I was going to bet it because at the time, it wasn't a for sure thing for San Fran. Kansas City was looking better at this point, but I thought San Francisco had something about them. It looks like they were catching like hitting it at the right time. And this they were playing the Titans that night. And they, they ended up losing to the Titans. I think it was close. I think it was like 2017 or 2317. It was very close. But I was gonna make the bet. <laughs> I didn't. And I, I tried to find the odds, what the odds would have been I had it placed it that night or that evening. And before the game, it would have been like around late afternoon to evening since I forgot to bet it. But I did check the odds. I found the odds for the beginning of the playoffs and I was going to put a hundred dollars down on it. And it was, um, six fifty to one or 6,500 to one. I don't don't know how it's, it's, I'm not the the best when it comes to betting, but basically if I would have made my hundred dollar bet at the start of the playoffs, it would have even been more had I made it on December 23rd. But if I would have made the bet, I would have won if I would have put $100 down. If it is, in fact, Kansas City and San Fran in the Super Bowl, Kansas City winning, I would have won $65,000. And I have so much regret. <laughs> well, I mean, it hasn't happened yet. I'm going to have more regret if it does happen. <laughs> oh, Yeah, I mean. God, it makes me nauseous still, knowing that I could have had $65,000. <laughs> yeah, but, but both of them still have to win their championships, which – it's very and, likely, but it's not. It's it's not a. And I did I did post the picture on my Twitter. Like, it's not like I just like oh I'm seeing this after the fact. No, I legit I screenshotted the text and everything, and oh my god, I'm just I'm nauseous about it because I could have had sixty five. And that, I, I would have bet it probably would have been I don't know it might have been like eighty thousand maybe ninety thousand because it was. Um, December 23rd, I think there's still three weeks left in the season, so it would have been week 
16 games would be starting at that point. Maybe. <sighs> yeah, I don't God, know. That sucks. And, and it wasn't a sure thing. San Fran was even going to make it at that point. They didn't win. They had to win their last game. Oh, God. That, oh, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people would have expected we're expecting by then that they would have made the playoffs, but yeah, for, um, I mean, again, they still have to, they still, they still have to get there. So we'll True. see. I'm actually, you asked me my, my actual predictions. Um, that was the bet I wanted to make, uh, and I failed to make, but my actual prediction is I think it's going to be Kansas city and LA. Um, LA looks really good on, they look good on defense. They do. And they're both about equal on defense. Uh, it's going to be a defensive game. It's going to be it's going to be basically down to if there's a, a defensive like touchdown or defensive score of some kind. Um, offensively, LA is a little bit better. Um, I, I trust Stafford much much more than I do Garoppolo because I even said to you the other night. I said Garoppolo got his pick early. We're good. <laughs> right. We have a That's chance true. In this game. Yeah. Yeah, you said you were. What you said was Garoppolo's already made his one big mistake that he makes every game. So <laughs> yeah, because if he if he had not made that and they were in the fourth quarter, they would have lost the game because he would have thrown a pick. It's he has that one bad like two or three passes every game. One is always a, one of those bad uh, passes is a pick. Uh, so he did that early, but man, it's going to be up to Debo. It's basically a lot of their offensive uh, relies on Debo uh, going. Into this game, yeah, which we don't know, yeah. and we don't know if he's going to play. Yeah, so I still right. like I like LA just a little bit better. Um, Beckham has looked great. Beckham has looked like before he got injured to the Giants, not quite yep. maybe that he's level. So happy. Oh, he's he's, he's so much. Really well. And then Cup, Cup is awesome. Obviously, uh, running game still a little. Eh, I don't know. Cam Akers didn't look great today, but hey, they still won the game. But the running game didn't look great either. I think he only had like maybe fifty-ish yards. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't trust the running game too much. We'll see how if it looks any better next week. Their defense is just so good. Yeah. They're... Well, I mean, they have Von Miller. They have Aaron Donald. They're great. They have a great defense. Uh, Ramsey. They really do. Yeah, Ramsey's incredible. And because he's now made it this far, a lot of that pressure, there's still some, but a lot of that pressure is off of Stafford because he's made it this far. Oh, there was no way they would have done it with uh, Goff. Oh, no. But I'm just saying, like, everyone kept talking about, you know, there's so much pressure on Matthew Stafford in the playoffs to make it to the playoffs, to do well in the playoffs, because basically the Rams have made all these moves to win now. And, yeah, there's still some pressure on him. But after winning the first playoff game, that really, really – like helped alleviate a lot of the pressure. And so I think, I think now he's, he's able to play with a little like less like tension, less like work nervousness and, you know, like just less pressure. I think he's got more of a chance to enjoy what he's doing. And I mean, even though they almost lost today, I mean, he, he seems to be feeling feeling the game a lot better right now than like there was so much time in the season where like people were really starting to question him. And I think that's what it was. I think it was just the pressure was 
One thing I think that looked that said it all was when they won the game and uh, Sean McVay like went to uh, Stafford and kind of like slapped him on the helmet or the shoulder pad. I can't remember which, but you could just tell he looked at him like, I'm so glad you're not Jared Goff. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was the look he gave him. Like it just, you could tell I was like, I'm so glad yep. we made this trade or we made this trade. Oh yeah. And then adding, you know, someone like Beckham, just added to it so much. And like you already mentioned, you know, like he's looked really good. Yeah. Really good. Like he's looked yeah. like pre-injury with the giants. Like I said, maybe not his rookie or sophomore year when he was really, you know, probably one of the better receivers in the NFL top five, maybe, but he's still been excellent this, this postseason, the last couple, like five games or so. Touchdowns oh, yeah. too. Like he's scoring just because of fantasy. I'm paying attention to all these stats and like, he's, he's looking good. Uh, Von Miller said he would like to retire in LA. So, there's a chance that he might even give them a, like a discount almost to return. You know, Von Miller, he's still really good. <laughs> he's still scary to have on the defense on the other side. Yeah. Um, the only, the only game we didn't talk about, I think right now is uh, the first game from yesterday, which was Cincinnati and Tennessee, which was slightly surprising. Um, and this is where I'm going like, to. No, it wasn't. Not for me. This is where I'm going to. This was the call that I think was just the most egregious of the whole weekend when it was, I want to say third and one, third and two, something like that. And they had Tannehill lined up in shotgun and then decided to run the ball with Tannehill when, I'm I'm sorry, you have the, I know Jonathan Dale had a great year, but let's be serious. King Henry is the best running back in football right now. He just is. Right. And even if they're like shadowing him and ready for him, it's still him. It's still he's a beast. He pushes people off with stiff arms. It's third and one, third and two. It's it's third and short. We'll put it that way. And you have two if you're gonna go for it, you have two chances at this point. You give him the ball, see what happens, and then you go for it again. Um to It was like Seahawks in the Super Bowl. It was like it was like you hand the ball off to your machine and just let him run through. Yeah, it's it's not it's not, you don't you don't need to, you don't need to be like trying to be like like tricky or try to pull something out of your ass. You just do something that that works. You don't have Josh Allen who can run from shotgun and get a first down because he's a big guy. You have Ryan Tannehill. You don't you don't have. I'm trying to think of like another like other running quarterbacks. You don't have that. You have Ryan Tannehill's not a running quarterback. He can get you some every now and then. No, he, yeah, but he's exactly. Not a running quarterback, exactly. And to be honest, like I was at work while that game was on, so I was trying to watch it. I caught a, some of the in, but from from what I saw, yes, there was some turnovers and all, but from what I saw, Tannehill didn't look like he had that bad of a game. The parts I saw, like I saw him, I saw one interception that it was tipped. It wasn't his fault. I didn't think it was a very quick, it was a screenplay and the defender just got right in the lane and tipped it. I mean, but like he looked regular. Yeah, He didn't look bad. He didn't look good. He just looks eh. And he needed to be better than eh to win the game. That's how he looks. That's not Tannehill. Tannehill's yeah. not gonna. Tannehill's not necessarily put on his shoulders to win you the game. Tannehill is the don't don't be the reason we lose the game. And I would say he was not. 
He had a really good pass. I love the pass to AJ Brown. That was like AJ Brown was turning around. It was like right oh, that was on his hip, perfect. in his hands. Like, that was one of perfect the best pass. passes I saw all season. It, and it wasn't even an easy pass to make. Like that took something. The thing is, Tannehill doesn't do that a lot. Yeah, it was, it was very good. Um, the game itself, though, uh, I think, man, it, it, I think Joe Burrow is ascending. I don't think he's there yet. I think he's ascending. He's he's proven that he can do it in college. But how scary is that to look at what he's doing and say he's not there yet, he's still ascending? Yeah, and the team is, too. They're kind of like Buffalo, we're, we're almost like where they were last year when they made it to the title game. And they they get close, and I think I feel like this is going to be the year they get that taste, and they're like, oh oh shit, we're so close. We're just just need to do a few things different. Like if they make the defense a little bit better, they have the weapons on offense already. I mean, they're pretty much set. They have Mixon, they have three wonderful receivers in Boyd Higgins and Jamar Chase, and Uzama's look pretty good this year too as a tight end. Like he's not great, but he's you can you can throw to him, and he can catch it. He's gonna he's not gonna do. Too many bad things there. He's coming up. Yeah, so they they looked really good. Um, I think, really, if they just would have given it to Henry, I think Tennessee could have won that game. I think that's really, honestly, one of the plays that cost them that game. And then they went down the field. Their, their field goal kicker, also a rookie, mind you, just unbelievable. I almost picked him up in fantasy multiple times this yep. year. Just because he – No, he was good. He seemed to be very, very, like, reliable – Oh, Siri came on, but uh, yeah, it was it was a good game. Uh, I was more surprised just because of how well the Titans' defense had played and how many. I think they had at least nine or ten sacks yesterday. They were just really pressuring Burrow. They were getting to him, and I thought because of that they were going to end up winning because I thought they had enough talent to do it. Even though Henry wasn't the best Henry version yesterday, I thought they had enough talent to win that game, and they didn't. Right. So. The thing with Burrow, though, is like when you pressure him, he's mobile enough, and he's another one of those. He's a big guy, so he can. He's not always super easy to bring down, and he's he's nimble enough. But he just he has so much confidence, and he doesn't seem to get at least this season that he shows that it's very hard for him to be. He's rattled. very composed. That's one thing I've noticed even since college. Yes. He, he has a confidence and he's very composed. He's not getting like, you can, you can tell when some people get flustered. Um, you've seen, you've seen it out of Kyler Murray. You've seen it from Jimmy G. He doesn't get that way. He get he's, he just is like, all right, what do I need to do? Kind of like, kind of like the quarterbacks tonight. You didn't see, you saw Mahomes like kind of like taking some size, but it wasn't like, oh man, I'm gonna go out there and win the game. You know, that's how Joe Burrow is like. All right, I'm gonna go out there and do what I need to do, um, and that's why I say he's ascending. And I think that team is ascending too, which you know sucks for me. I just gotta rely on like Cincinnati just messing things up like they always do. <laughs> uh. So, uh, and the thing is, that whole connection between Chase and Burrow being that they played college together, that's really paying off. I mean, there is something to be said of how they had a very good connection in college, and there's only been, what, one year separating that before they started doing it again. There's something there in that, you know, I mean, 
they just oh man i like i wasn't surprised at all because the Bengals had so much momentum going into that game yesterday I think what I liked uh, like most about Chase and how they used him yesterday is they were using him in that playmaker role because they were doing um, almost like these really short passes and like, all right, you go out there and you do your yep. thing, you do your moves because he would kind of like move and jostle around a little bit. And I, he seems to have a little bit of that. So it'll be interesting to see um, just how that team grows. Cause I think they're, they might be right under the next, like right under like Buffalo KC. I mean, obviously they're already there, um, being in the title game. But I think they had, if they can make a few, I'd say a few changes on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's where they're going to need a little help. Um, but they have the offensive side, pretty well intact. Maybe maybe a little bit better of a line, just just tweak it here and there. I think everything else though is is looking pretty solid with the Bengals. But um, I'm picking Kansas City against. I think it'll be. I think that's going to be the higher scoring game. I think it's going to be in the thirties. Um, I think it's going to be like a 38, 34, 38, 35 kind of game. Yeah. Um, I could see that being a high scoring game just for those two offenses. Uh, I'm with you. I, I'm not going against my homes. Yeah. It, after what we yeah. saw tonight, just the precision, like, cause Buffalo, I think Buffalo has a pretty solid defense. Like I'm not saying they're great, but they're pretty well, good. They had one of the, I think they had one of the top defenses in the NFL. Yeah, I would say definitely top three, top five, and and they were just gassed at the end. And I think I think that's the thing you don't realize is this team, like Tyreek Hill is fast, like he's so just fast, unbelievably fast. He showed, and you have Kelsey, and it's like you can stop them for plays, you can stop them for drives, but you like tonight, like you have to stop them for sixty minutes, and they did it for they did a great job for thirteen seconds. <laughs> Yeah, 13 seconds. No, that's one thing that they were talking about after the game, the analysts, and they're right, is they should not have kicked it deep on that kickoff. The the Bills should have kicked it somewhat short so that it would have had to been caught in the field of play, and that would have ran some time off the clock. Outside of the four quarterbacks you mentioned, though, I would have been fine doing that. If, you, if, if I'm going against um, Kyler Murray, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to like bash Kyler Murray tonight. He's just the first one popped to mind that's a good quarterback. I, I'm going to say like Ben Roethlisberger, but you know, you probably, you could, you could give him the ball in the 20, you wouldn't get a touchdown. <laughs> oh, he used to be. Yeah, he, he's still man. It's cool. Uh, we'll get a new one next year. Um, so, <laughs> so you could give like Kyler Murray, I'm like, all right, I'm, I can trust, you know. But when it comes to Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, and Josh Allen, I think is in that category now. Like they're scary to have. Even 13 seconds, it's like, especially exactly. I even maybe, That's why I even if you put in the sense kick, of what he does. Um, I'm sorry, I'll just real quick here. Uh, the sense of what he does, I would even be afraid, not because of how good of a quarterback he is, but why he does this trick where he just launches the ball and tries to get past interference is Derek Carr. I would be a little afraid of that because then. He is a better quarterback than you nah, give him okay. credit for. He's just okay. He's okay. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I, I still like Kansas City next week, high-scoring game. I like L.A. in the other game, kind of lower scoring. I want to say, like, 24, 21 points probably wins the game. I, I could be wrong, but I didn't. Wait, but didn't San Fran beat them already both times? 
Yeah, it's tough to beat a team three times. I mean, it's really tough. Yes, it is. That's true. It is. But also, there's that whole, like, San Fran kind of has their number. I mean, at this point, what does L.A. have to surprise? But the thing is, beating a team three times in a season is very difficult. There was a year that the Steelers had to play the Ravens, and we lost to them twice in the regular season. Or maybe I'm thinking – I don't think it was the Bengals. I think it was the Ravens. We lost to them twice, and then met them in the playoffs for the third game, and we end up winning. Uh, It just – it's very tough because you know the team so well when they're in division. You play them every year. Um, especially if there's not like a major change at like quarterback or something like that, you pretty much kind of can watch, you have a lot of game film and everything on them. So it'll be interesting. I, I'm not saying that San Fran, I think San Francisco can, can do it. Obviously I picked them, you know, weeks ago to win the Super Bowl. I'm just, you asked me who I think is going to win. I'm rooting for San Fran, right. but I'm not going to be mad. And even I don't like the Bengals because they're in the NFC, I'm sorry, the AFC North. Um, They've just had a long history of just not being a great team. So, yeah, I mean, if they would even upset Kansas City, I'm not going to be like first playoff them. win. I mean, yeah, a long, a first long, road playoff win ever, yeah. ever. First playoff win in 31 years. Joe Burrow was yeah, not alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it's just crazy. But yeah, it's a, that's why I said I'm not going to be like if it was the Ravens or something. I would definitely be rooting against them. You know, the angles, it's kind of nice, you know, as someone uh, that can like re- like reason with like a fan of another team, like that would suck to root for a team for so long and just like uh, never even having it like a chance really. So like if they end up being KC, like major props for one, because that's awesome, really. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think it'll be uh, two good games next week as well. I hope so. I think it will be too. I hope it is. I'm also just really glad the, that Brady is out. You know, I I am. <laughs> I, I they just didn't have the weapons towards the end of the year like they did last year. That was like one of the things that helped them was like they had so much health, and then this year the lines banged up, and he's not like a mobile quarterback and losing so many. And weapons. he can get flustered talking about like like getting to the quarterback yeah. and how we were saying how Burrow seems to always be so composed. I mean, Brady is still a very composed. I mean, obviously he's still an inc- incredible, just like him or hating. He's a great yeah. quarterback, but he definitely has, he has he can get, the ability to lose his cool a lot. Like you've seen him smash like an iPad or what the tablet on the side, you've seen him like chew out linemen or receivers or even coaches for that matter. So he definitely can lose his cool. Um, he, he got bloody today, uh, on a, an upper hit, uh, and was pretty pissed about that. He actually got flagged for unsportsmanlike for 15 yards for it. Did you see, I don't think you saw that though. He, it was like early in the first quarter, but he had a bloody lip. Oh, we're died. No, <laughs> sorry. Like, I didn't die. <laughs> I had it on mute and no, that's okay. I couldn't get it off for whatever reason. It didn't want it. It was staying on mute, but no. I didn't see the play, but I did see like the highlights and they like every, it seemed like every time I tried to look at that game to check the score, it was going to commercial and it kept showing him with his helmet off and his bloody lip. (laughs) (laughs) That was what it showed over and over going into commercial break in that game. I immediately thought if he wins this game, it's going to be the bloody lip game. It's going to be, that's what's going to be known as. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I was I wouldn't have been surprised at all if they had one because it's Brady, and I mean, uh. all right. Well, I am good. To, I don't. I don't. I'm fine with like moving on from sports today and talk about some music since we <laughs> we had an episode titled Monday that we did when we recorded, and uh, we were going to talk about because that was the day every time this band it's a, they're in the hardcore scene called Every Time I Die. They ended up breaking up on Monday. Wait, hold up, hold up. So. Before there's no in, nah, uh, not right now. I, I'm gonna move on to music, and maybe we can, okay. maybe we can circle back to side to side A if we want. But uh, I mean, I, right now. I will say this: it's still going like I've been complaining, not complaining, but been saying last few weeks. The NBA continues to be. This team should definitely win this game. Oh wait, how did they just lose? And then they turn around. And a team that they should lose to, they destroy. And also, it's finally happening in L.A. They are starting to say we have to change things and we have to start giving our young players some some better chance. They benched young. young they players. have a few young players. Who? Horton Tucker? Like they don't There's have that anyone. Stan, that's no, that Stanley Jackson <laughs> that's on like a ten day deal, and hopefully they'll keep him because okay. he's actually playing well. But they didn't. Stanley Johnson has Johnson, been a thing in the NBA. It. He's yeah. been a thing in the NBA like the next. I'm going to call him like the next thing when he was with the Pistons because he did really good in summer league, and then he was nothing. <laughs> and then he, I think he went to at least a couple more teams after after the Pistons. I want to say one might have been the Grizzlies, but I I'm probably wrong. But uh, he just never was a thing in the NBA. Like he's not going to be a thing if you're for <laughs> the Lakers. Are the Lakers, on Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they benched. Here's my point. They finally said, "All right, we have to we have to make changes," and they benched Westbrook late in the game because they because it came down to. We're close. We might can win this, but we can't with Westbrook on the court. And I'm not trying to be mean to Westbrook, but that's the reality of it. They benched him because they didn't have as good of a chance to win with that man on the court. He He shot a jumper that was so bad, it landed on the top of the backboard. I know he's you told me about that. And I just started laughing because that was, I think Friday night, but he's, he's just not great. And it's, it's funny because they're like, we need to make changes. Okay. Well, you don't have any contracts you can trade. You have no draft picks, um, which would be terrible draft picks. Anyway. Um, you have no like mid-level salary players that you can even trade. There is no way to make this team better. Like it's, it's, this is the team unless you get a buyout guy. You know, that's pretty much the only thing they can add to this team. They can cross their fingers that LeBron and Davis could like, hey. If Davis starts playing like what he should, what he can. Or just playing in general. If he can play. If he can play and get out of street club. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it. The (laughs) Street clothes. The the NBA is what it is this year. It's. It's like the Wild West out there right now. The oh, oh, the Lakers did lose to the Heat today. I saw. Yeah, I saw the Lakers like four or six. I I really too. I meant to watch maybe some NBA games like um, 
between the two football games and that one went to like, I think six twenty-five. So that wasn't, there's no chance of that happening. And then I didn't watch in the afternoon games. I really was intrigued by like, I think it was Clippers Knicks today or something. And I was like, eh, I'm out. Nah. Yeah. I don't see that one being entertaining for me. Yeah. But, so that's um, about it. Um, I did watch UFC last night. That was somewhat, that was pretty entertaining. Um, my buddy actually fell asleep like at the start of the main fight at the end which was hilarious. We were watching it at his house and he fell asleep and he woke up right after it ended. He woke up while they were interviewing the guy that won. <laughs> He's like, I missed it all. Can you go back and watch it? I've, I've never bought like a UFC, so I don't, or, you know, um, you can find it like online after the fact you can find like bouts or like, and oh, that's how I found it in the past, like live, like you can find those like, you know, streams. Yeah, you can, you yeah can like, or like for free. Yeah, or like video it. after the fat like of like yesterday's fights and stuff. Yeah. So but yeah, he missed it. I did text him during the game the Kansas City game and was like, Are you watching this? This is incredible. <laughs> the I the I, I guess the only thing I want to say before we like uh wrap up the sports side is like how you, you brought up the Lakers, I gotta mention this. To put all of this on Frank Vogel is so unfair. They put, they stuck him with a bad team. They stuck him with Westbrook. They stuck him with just like, there's no moves this team can make. And then they can put all of this on him. Like it's his fault when we gave you this like shitty roster. Yeah, that you can't do anything with. And it's like, it's your fault. What? <laughs> How? I had, the, he had like a top, top defensive team last year. They, they choose Taylor Hurt and Tucker over Caruso, which I, I always gave Caruso some shit, but. He's a good player, and I feel bad for him because he got Caruso. That's that's one thing I want to say. Grayson Allen sucks. I really don't like Grayson Allen. I I don't I like. Okay, he shouldn't have. For anyone that doesn't know, he's done this since Duke. Grayson Allen put a hard foul on Caruso, and Caruso was going for a layup. Uh, was it last night? It was. Or the night before. I want to say it was the was it night. Friday? I want to say it was Friday night. I could be wrong on that because I just remember. Okay, I watched. I didn't watch. I the watched game it when it either. happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it had to be Friday because I didn't get. I couldn't have watched it last night. I wouldn't have had time. Um. So it must have been Friday night. Sorry. It all kind of blends together. Uh. But he went for a layup. Grayson Allen, like, went up with his. Uh, left arm and fouled him. It wasn't a hard, it wasn't bad, but it was a foul. But then he swung his body while they were in the air and came with the right arm too and, and called him. And when that happened, it caused Caruso to basically fall on his side and he landed on his shoulder. And you said that it's broken, right? The arm, he broke his arm. Okay, he broke, broke his, his wrist in the yeah. fall. Um, and I, I, yes, it was hard. He didn't need to swing around with the other arm, but like in the moment, it still didn't necessarily look like he wasn't trying to go for the ball. It was just unnecessary. The second arm was unnecessary, but I don't think he was okay, like. Here's, I don't here, think he was like really just like throwing his body like I don't know. There's sometimes where it looks like the person is like really go- going overboard, almost trying to hurt. 
that didn't look like it. Either way, though, he got ejected. Two things. Two things why. Okay, first off being um, after that play, he smirked. I'm sorry. You got to check on the guy. Uh, you definitely, even if he didn't injure him, he definitely, If he, I mean, obviously he broke his wrist. But at the time, let's say he didn't know if he broke his wrist, you know, go go check on him. He smirked. So that enough is, tells you something. And he has a checkered history. Would you give Draymond Green the same courtesy? Grayson's done this since he's been a Duke. He's kicked guys in the ball since Duke and hit guys in the balls. Like I've, I've watched him do this in games multiple times in pro and college. This is who he is as a player. That's why the NBA suspended him one game today. I did see that. And I'm like, really? One game? Talk about a slap on the wrist. No pun intended there. But it's like, that's what it is. Like the other guy breaks his wrist and is out six to eight weeks. And Grayson Allen, this is one game. And I think with this history, at least five. <laughs> like, or I don't know. It just, ah, man, I know that they play the next time uh, in March. I forget the date in March. I looked it up yesterday. But I can I can almost bet there's going to be someone that comes in from the Bulls and just, Grayson Allen better miss that game. Because I feel like someone from the Bulls is going to come in like the 12th man. There's going to be gonna, an enforcer. Yeah, he's going to knock him to the ground. I'm not saying he's going to hurt him. But I'm saying he's going to get on his ass. He's going to get knocked on his ass in a little bit. I think that will happen. And Caruso has really been a a help. Well, like he's been a he's major been, asset to the yeah. Bulls. He's a closing. He's a closing second. You know how we say like Russell Westbrook isn't a closing time player. Caruso is a closing time player. You want him on the floor in the last couple yeah. minutes of the game. You know he's he can provide defense. He can get you some offense. Yeah, he's he's a good player, and I've. I didn't use the crap on him, but he, he, when you watch him, he's, he plays hard. He really worked hard to get where he is in the NBA. And so, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. All right. So, yeah. I mean, Music. I think we can move on now. Yeah. We're about probably like 102, 103. If we're, we pretty much like went live the entire time as far as like when we started. But uh, so last week we titled the episode um, mentioning the, the breakup of Every Time I Die. And... What did we not talk oh, about the entire episode? my beating heart. Nothing. We meant, we didn't even mention every time I died. We just got too caught up in whatever we were talking about, whether it be playoffs or basketball and the other part of music, but we never mentioned every time I die. So we wanted to talk about that for a little bit. Um, they've been around since, like, what, the late 90s? I think it's 23 years, if I remember correctly. I thought it was, like, 90, yeah, it was, like, 98, 99, I was thinking, or even 2000. That's kind of where I was putting them. Yeah, so they've been around for a minute. I mean, I saw them for the first time, and I didn't know who they were. But incredible live oh, band, yeah. by the way. But for if if any of our listeners have never listened to every time, you have to like have music more like post hardcore to hardcore. Um, but they're great live. Like they do put on a really good show. They're really good musicianship wise. Yeah, they're. They over the last decade has become they have become one of my favorite bands for sure. Um so in like oh four probably. I don't it may have been oh three, but most likely it was probably it was two thousand and four. I went to a venue in Tallahassee because I was going I was I was at FSU and I went to this very tiny venue called Big Daddies. And I I think I went because I wanted to see the red cord 
for the first time, which is an insane metal band. Uh, and I didn't really know them either, but a bunch of people recommended it. So anyways, I went to that show and I think that's the one that while I was there, I was just walking around and looking at merch and there was this merch table and all the merch just said hot damn on it. And I didn't, and I just didn't know. So I didn't really pay attention to the band set. And then like within six months, I was like, oh man, every time I die is an awesome band. <laughs> I should have paid attention when I saw them. And then I, I was lucky enough to see them a few times since then, including this past November, a week before all the drama started. Um, I saw them in Jacksonville and they put on a phenomenal show They've, you know, I've talked about Radical a lot in previous episodes. It was one, it, it was one of my top five albums of the year. And it just stinks that they are now calling it quits. And to go out in such a way of basically just like drama, fam, family dysfunction in the band right after putting out one of their best albums of their career. To just think i would say i would say like the only thing worse would be going out with like kind of like brand new <laughs> that would be like way worse uh that would be that worse. Would probably be like the worst way to go out or something similar um but it stinks because like obviously there are two brothers in the band so that sucks because they're family so outside of the band you know you're gonna have that dynamic and it's gonna be weird for a while and then not to mention you know, they don't go out saying like, hey, we just have went too far as a band or maybe we're just kind of done or the tensions or something. It's just like, yeah, the drama surrounding it with the things that you've shared and that I've read minus the two articles tonight. It just seems like they were going to replace. There's Keith got from what I can tell and what I've read, Keith got sober and during the pandemic and just I don't know what that means. If it just means alcohol or other kinds of drugs, I don't know. But he was sober and um he was like in a different mental, like mental spot because right. of that. And yeah. sounded like he didn't want to be a part of, not a part of like band or anything like that, but just like a part of like maybe some after show type festivities or something like that, maybe to that nature. Right. There was behavior that he was distancing himself from and didn't want to be as much part yeah. of on top of that. Uh, the, the new album is their most, politically like obviously political album and like so like lyrically he made some stances that from from the articles that have been written he and his brother disagreed on and like and that created a lot of tension and butting of heads because he was making stances that basically lyrically when it's the band's lyrics, even if he's the one writing them, it comes across as that's the band. Like people are going to think of that as this is this every time I die stance. And apparently he and his brother just were not getting along about that. So you take the distance because he's in a different place mentally and, and choosing how he wants to behave. And then also the tension of, 
not liking what he was what he wrote for this album apparently based on all these articles it just created a lot of tension and so there's there's different sides he says that they that he overheard them saying they were going to replace him they're saying that they never wanted to replace him yada 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 lawyers got involved it's been very messy um keith shared a uh, screenshot of a letter he received in december uh saying that he was to cease and desist using every time i die or any of the band members names in any kind of derogatory statements so yada 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 and that they were wanted to mediate basically taking everything like him having to relinquish everything to do with the band. They've said that they tried to make amends from that. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. There's been talk of that. The band came to a place where they said, Hey, you can have every time I die, you can continue with a totally different band. He's saying that he said, no, I don't want that. Let's still try to work it. I don't know. I don't know what side is which. Uh, Brooklyn Vegan has some articles where they just did a write-up of the band's history, really praising the band and talking about how it ended. They also have an article with the bassist, whose last name I'm not going to try to pronounce, but him talking about it and how things went down. And he paints Keith in not as great of a light near the end. Um, Then you have an article showcasing what Keith has said. I don't know. It sucks. It sucks for them as people because they have been in doing this band for so long. It sucks that two brothers, it seems, were so at odds. And so you have that whole family dynamic. And then it sucks for music because they, I mean by all accounts it looked like that they were still just continuing to rise i mean it they were this is again this a very prominent band in the scene too like they're oh yeah this is not like yeah i mean granted it's like say i'm not saying like mainstream but like for the scene that they are in they were very big and very well respected by other bands too a lot of other bands respected this band a lot super influential you know on others sound bands and their sound so yeah like definitely and like i said their this last album seemed to be one of if not their best and so it seemed like they were just they that the sky was the limit and they were still on the rise and then all of this came out yeah and uh i mentioned on uh, one of our furnace fest episodes probably leading up to the festival, how they were so high on my list to see at Furnace Fest. And I'm, I'm really glad I did now because, you know, I can't see them anymore, at least for the time being. I'm not saying I can never see them again. Right. Cause who knows? Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll make amends. That's my hope. Even if they yeah. didn't make music, even if they don't as a band, but just like as people it would be nice if they made amends. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I want. Ultimately, even if they don't do music again in the future, if they can reconcile just their relationships, that would be that. That's what I would hope that everybody would be happy and get along again. You know, and it was it was like leading to the Furnace Fest. I mentioned like they played Morgantown 
and it was like I think it's, it was like around the time I had like kind of just moved back. I didn't I wasn't really set up like great financially because uh, I'd moved from like LA and then in Nashville, and so I wasn't set up great financially. So I didn't go to the show, and then I had major regrets to not going to the show. Uh, thankfully, I get to see them, uh, and it was great because like. They're one of those bands, like, I really do like their albums a lot. Um, there are certain songs I hear, I'm like, oh, yeah, I love the song. But I'm really bad at their song titles, to be honest. But uh, they played such a nice, diverse set from their albums at Furnace Fest, and it was really cool. They played, like, what, I think an hour is what they played on the main stage. And it was just nice, because I've heard so many good things about them live. So I, I enjoyed their set. Um, yep. I think, for me, I'm always going to love um, from... Uh, the Big Dirty through, I think it goes to X Lives, I think, because they released X Lives. Then it was, uh, there's another album, I think, after X Lives. Hang on one second. I'm going to my. There's New Junk, New Junk Aesthetic. New Junk Aesthetic. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that one, I believe, yeah, was after The Big Dirty, then X Lives. So those three albums for me are just, I love those three, like in a row. Like, just put them on, let them play, love them. They're just awesome. Uh, and I really do – I did like Radical a lot. I know that it didn't make yep. my year in list or anything, but I did talk about like how much that album – I feel like the next year for someone like it catches on or something and it's like, man, this this album, I can't believe I put this in my top list or something like that because I did listen to it a lot. Um, I didn't have as much time with it because it was what, like October when that album came out? September? October – I think late October, maybe November. Yeah. I think late October. Okay. And that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I kind of like Silent Planets for me too, which that's another album I, f- I know that I'm going to be revisiting a lot um, that didn't rank super high for me just because I didn't have a whole lot of time with it. But uh, yeah, it's it's a bummer. I really, like I said, as as a fan of the band, I, you know, it'd be great if they got back and did something much later down the road when they're all in better spaces. But if not, just for them uh, as people and as, as, you know, someone that has even like had uh, just either difficult relationships or, or uh, broken relationships and have mended those over time. It's, it is nice. And I, I wish that for them for sure. Same. Uh, I mean, if nothing else, at least their, uh, their guitarist, Andy has a uh, very, up-and-coming uh, wrestling career. He's been doing that for a while now. I think he's called The Butcher or something like that. But um, he's been wrestling for a while. And so at least, I don't know about the rest of them, but he has that to fall back on. Jordan, uh, Keith's brother, that's the other guitarist. He does a lot of art. Uh, but I don't know how much of his success as, an, as doing art was from fans of the band, you know? So I wonder if that will like backfire now if, because I feel like fans are very much taking sides. Uh Oh, it's another bad Christian divorce. Right. So like if uh, a lot of our listeners are not going to get that reference, but yeah, take our word for it. That's what it is. Um, If a lot of his success in selling art has been because it's like, Every time I die, fans buying it. That may, this may hurt him. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And then I don't know what the others do. But um, but yeah, Andy at least can keep uh wrestling going for a while, probably. 
Yeah, they'll pro- I think they'll probably, uh, you know, minus Keith would maybe do some kind of, I don't know, you know, how well it would do, but I think they'd do a band, uh, probably get another singer, uh, would be my guess. It won't be every time I die. They'll probably reincarnate some kind of band and it'll be like, hey, former members of, you know, this kind of like a super group project or something like that. Uh, maybe the recruit uh, singer who is not in a band currently or um, uh, maybe find someone new uh, would be my guess. But uh, uh, speaking of, of the scene, uh, can we, can we talk about this festival? <laughs> we get, we when we were young fest in Vegas, which so, by the way, how do you title in Vegas? A festival <laughs> I know when going. we were young and not have the killers who are a Las Vegas band. Well, they're not in part of that scene uh, in a way. So how it came to me is I think it was on Monday. Uh, I saw my this was like before I saw anything. I saw one of my friends post this thing and it was the lineup page of it. And I was like, what? Because I, I looked at all the, the the bands on the poster, and I'm like, this is unreal. I was like, this is like a lot of for that scene. That's like a lot of different bands. Like if you grew up in like, say, early to late aughts, you probably listened to a lot of that music. Or if you went to like a couple Warp tours, you probably heard a lot of those bands. And so, uh, just to see the lineup, I was like, damn, I would go to that. And I looked at like it was when, I didn't realize it was in one day or anything. I just so it was in Vegas and I was like, that's pretty cool. And it's in October. Like, that's really awesome. I wonder how much tickets will be. And so I had uh, just sent it to, I think the two group chats that we have. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that shit blew up everywhere. <laughs> like it went everywhere. Oh yeah. Uh, Every, you there's so it. many memes just about how much it got taught. But, but it was wild because like, um, so work, uh, the the place that I sit at work, I listen to my iPad all day. Like I listen to either a podcast or music. Um, but one of my coworkers had like the local radio station on, which is a pop radio station. Like it's a top 40 radio station. They mentioned it. I was like, what? This is wild. Cause it was like, I, I had known about it for a couple hours. I had posted in the groups and everything. Um, but I was like, this is weird. The top, you know, top 40 radio is talking about it. I just wouldn't expect it because one, you know, uh, we'll call it like emo, pop punk, whatever you want to classify the music scene as. Uh, it's it's not really popular. It's, you know, kind of fallen away. But um, it was just surprising to hear about talking like the mainstream radio. And then, like I said, it just was everywhere after that. Like it, there was a couple posts I had seen before the radio, like on other people's pages and whatnot. But I was just not expecting it. And it's it just I've never seen so much misinformation about a festival spread so quickly and that was kind of like concerning to me because um i know i i the, the people in my life uh that i had seen commenting were sure acting like they were music promoters or concert promoters and i know none of them ever put a show on ever uh and it was kind of surprising to me just the, the opinions like oh this isn't gonna work out this is like a scam this is like firefest well once the first thing i want to say is it's not like firefest at all and the reason why i want to say that is firefest was on a an island you know an island with nothing else that was just an island so even if this would go sideways you're in vegas 
you know, you're not like it's not cheese sandwich and blown tent. You know, I can go check into a hotel. Right. A yeah. It's just you know. for a while now, any festival that doesn't do well is going to get called fire. There's going to be a reference of fire fest. I get, what, I get what you're awful. saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I get what you're saying, but that's just what's going to happen. So you had that aspect. Um, now there is the thing was alarming to me that I did discover eh, somewhat later. It was like, Oh, it's just like the one day. But to me, that just kind of reminded me of warp tour. And then people started like freaking out, like, Oh, you're going to see 20 or 30 minute sets. Okay. Common sense. If you've ever been to a music, music festival, um, I'm trying to think of someone low on the hang on one second. I pull up the, um, the poster. Cause I know I have it saved on my phone somewhere. Give me just one second. Okay. Um, Silverstein. I'm sorry. Silverstein isn't going to play as long as My Chemical Romance. Uh, you no. know, AFI is going to play much longer than We we, uh, we the Kings. It's just, uh, come on. If you've ever been to a music festival, early in the day, you'll have a couple bands that play like the main stage. They'll play a little longer. But on the side stages, you're not going to get a, like if you went to a warp tour, there are some sets that are only 25 minutes or 30 minutes. It's not that crazy. Like there are, ba- like you are not a big enough band to play an hour or 45 minutes. It's just, how it is so that was just like kind of stupid to me like have you ever been to a music festival as i want to ask these people because that's how it works at every music festival i don't care if it's coachella bonnaroo yes um furnace fest that's just what you have when you have multiple days there's more opportunity to see more of the bands you want to see agreed um because you can spread the i thought i think this the if you just look at the poster and the number of bands, I think this would work splendidly as a two-day festival. Here's your line for one day. Yes. Here's your line for. I think if you just, it can work as a one day, but in that, in my opinion, and this is someone that has tickets, I bought or a ticket for it. I'll put it that way. I have a ticket for the fest. I'm going, but it does seem when they added the second day. day more of a cash grab for the festival, but then again, it's done by Live Nation, which oh, is it's definitely it, and it's a cash it's, grab. Yes, it's definitely a cash grab. But you know well, what? It's a business that wants to make money. You know, Walmart, whatever it is, is like a big business. AT and T. I don't care about whatever your big business. Their goal is to make money. If they can do a festival in one day, one hundred two days, and get you know, I th- I've read somewhere this holds like about eighty thousand people. The fairgrounds. So let's say, okay, well, we can bring 85 in for two days or we can bring 160 in for two days. What would you rather do? <laughs> I mean, of course, you're going to pick double to charge that price and everything. It just makes sense from a business side. But it also kind of works to a degree and maybe not uh, fully is even maybe even help COVID a little bit um, or maybe not, I guess, since you'd have more people, but uh, I was thinking originally yeah, it would help. Is, no. Yeah. And I think that kind of, I can't really make that point now. I was like help maybe not as much, but then you still have like so many people. Uh, when I found out the total of potentially this place could hold and everything's like, yeah, maybe not. So um, here's, here's the other thing. So I, I am one of those people. Now I have, I have helped with like small festivals. I have been part of booking for ye- a few several years now small shows. Wait, you know bands? 
nothing to this caliber, but I, why have you never told stop it? I know what it's, I know what it's like logistically somewhat. So there is something to be said of when you look at this many bands in one day, the reality is if you want to see several of them and this lineup, this is a lineup that many of the people going, and of course it's a cash grab, but many of the people going want to see many of these bands. So it's immediately, you're going to pay a minimum ticket price of $230 for one day to, and you're going to have to, so let's, so like for me, I counted like 14 or 15 bands I would really want to see. But in reality, I would have to cut that in half. There, of so, so there's so many bands in this bill I want to see. I don't want to, for me personally, I don't want to pay $230 for a ticket to have to choose between that and have to basically say, so there are so many bands that I'm going to know are playing that I have to choose to not see. Whereas when it's over like a two day fest, you have more opportunity to see more bands and that helps that helps say, okay, the five or six I want that I'm going to have to miss because they're playing the same time as so-and-so not as big a deal. But when there are more bands, you're going to have to choose to miss than bands you're going to be able to see. For me, it's not worth the $230. The other thing that annoys me, and yeah, it's Live Nation. I'm not surprised. Is the second, is first off, I guarantee you Live Nation contacted these bands and said, we want we want to get, we want you to confirm the weekend. Oh, we yeah, will, there's definitely both, both days. It's not yeah, like we we'll, just did this right. and no one knew about the second day. Right. So they were, they very likely were already going to do a second day, but their response when they announced the second day was we've listened to you. We've heard your concerns. We've (laughs) added a second day, same lineup. So what that sounds like is, Oh, they did it. Now I'll be able to go two days and I'll have better chance to see the bands. I'm not going to see the first day. No, 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 no. What, what they did was, if you want to go the second day, you have to pay full price again. Yeah, it's not like you get to choose which day you go or they split the bands or you get both days included. No, you legit at that point, if you're going to do that, you would just split the days and you would have like my cam uh, uh, do one day, you have Paramore do the other and that would be like your headliners. But, you know, that's that's not the case there. They could bring more people in and that's, you know, I'm not going to fault them in it. I, it's a business. It is what it is. You know, I, I don't like it. Um, but they made, they made that second day announcement. It read as though giving the people what they wanted and, and the, and allowing, like, if you buy a ticket, we're giving you two days. Cause you have all voiced concern that one day is not enough time for this many bands or for this particular lineup. But no, that's not what they did. They made it look that way. But then if he, but then the reality of 
No, actually, you got to pay full price again for the second day. That's just, I'm not surprised, but it just added to that, like, really? What jerks? I w- One thing I am a fan of is, for the one day is, and this is something you probably can relate to, when you're at a three-day festival, because we, we did Furnace Fest in uh, September of last year, and by day three, my feet were really tired. <laughs> and I know you probably had to be breaking down more than, than I was because I would do overall, like I'm, I do pretty well. I don't I have any arches in my feet. So standing on them long hours does get to me after a period of time, especially when I have a backpack on my back that's like full of shit like the entire day. Um, so one thing is like I just have to really make – because you're no bags in this. So I really have to just make one day all of doing it. And that's more feasible for me because I can be like, all right, well, I can stand through this set of – because I really kind of – I do want to see AFI because I've never seen them and they're kind of like high on my list. Right. Now, this goes longer though. So like – Yeah, it goes 11 to 12 is what the website said when I look. So it goes like 13 hours. But realistically, they're going to put a schedule out. I'll kind of do like I did for Furnace Fest that there's no one playing till like 2 o'clock. I'm not going to go early. Just to, I might go an hour early to see if they have any merch or anything, but I'm not going to go early if there's no bands I want to see. But uh, it's just really I can I can tell myself to power through with this because I know the next day I won't have to worry about like standing for another ten hours or eight hours or whatever it be because Furnace Fest was what noon ish give or take to yep eleven o'clock what say what saved me for Furnace Fest was um like I didn't take a backpack so i didn't have a lot of weight i had like a big fanny pack um so it held some stuff but not a ton like i wasn't carrying a bunch of merch around the second thing was the reason i had the fanny pack was because i converted it into a camelback so i had i was able to fill that up with water so i stayed hydrated the entire time because they let you bring that in and then they had filling stations where you could fill your water bottles or your camelbacks or whatever. So anytime I ran out of water in between bands, I could go to that to the water station and fill up. So like I those would I was hydrated the entire time and I didn't have a lot of extra weight. So I like honestly Saturday was a harder day for me than Sunday at Furnace Fest. Because it was a longer day or why? I can't remember specifically why. It's just the way it worked for me. I was, I I don't know how, because Saturday night or Saturday into Sunday morning was when we stayed up till 4 a.m. So I don't know why Sunday I had as much energy as I did but it was not actually as hard of a day for me as Saturday. It just, it just worked out that way. But overall I did pretty well. And those were the reasons probably the main thing was just staying hydrated the whole time. It's, it is, it is very key to stay hydrated when you go. Um, I learned that like after my first warp tour in 05, uh, when I had a bottle of water, cause like they'll, they take one in, I think it could be up to like 32 ounces, but then, um, I like ditched it. Like I just threw the bottle away and I didn't want to pay like $4 for a bottle of water. So I'm just dehydrated. I'm just like, you know, dehydrated my body. It was awful. Cause you're sweating all day or like, even if you're not like massively sweating, you're still losing right. water that way. So, like, but I mean, I did, I did pretty good. Um, 
when I go to music festivals, especially, um, I really don't like, even like concerts really. I'm not like a, like get hammered and go in or have like a bunch of alcohol just because one, I, I have had that. I just like don't remember the music and that's like, Hey, why am I going and paying for a ticket if I don't remember the music? So like, I'm not worried about like, Oh man, I'm going to have to buy a bunch of stuff when I go. Uh, really if I, I'm sure you can take a bottle of water in or an open, you know I'm saying? Like a clear, um, container in for water. Uh, so I'll probably do something like that. Um, I don't really put, plan on buying a lot of merch. I'd rather just like go out and do something in Vegas. Cause I'd rather like spend like an extra day at some part of a, an extended weekend. And, uh, so I don't see me buying a lot of merch. I don't see me like, like I said, buying a lot at the festival itself, maybe a little bit of food and then maybe cause it's Vegas. Yeah. Like, Oh, I definitely buy food. But I'm just saying, you know how in Alabama, it's like after the sh- after like the festival was over, like say eleven o'clock or eleven thirty, when you actually got out to the car and everything, there were many places that were open. You had like what four choices, maybe? Yeah, there well, that one it, bar till three in the morning, and yeah, there was not there was not much in the way of late night uh, menus available. Yeah, Vegas is way different. There's like a ton of places open all the time. We're very late, so uh, even if I like grab something afterwards it'll still be fine so but i mean i'm looking forward to it in the sense of like i, I mean granted plans could change and i could end up selling my ticket or something um i just went because i thought the lineup i go to festivals based on the lineup um uh, for music because i know that it's it's like it's a once in a lifetime lineup that's yeah. for sure it is definitely a once in a lifetime lineup and there are a few bands on there that i would like to see that i've never seen before including my chemical romance afi and alkaline trio so i mean and there's a few others and then there's a bunch of bands that i love that i would like to see mm-hmm. yeah th- that's for me too like th- i think i lean towards the bands that i i wouldn't mind seeing that i've never seen um and then what bands I can see that I like that I've seen live, I would definitely check out, but I would probably like, I definitely, I, I think by then, like I wouldn't mind, I've seen Paramore a few times. So, I mean, I definitely could see me choosing someone else over Paramore, but they're probably closing. So I'll probably get to see them. Uh, probably my chem will actually close the night, but they're probably yeah. the headliners probably like right before I've, them would be my guess. I feel like my chem could be a headliner and close the night out though. I will say, yeah. remember, this is Live Nation, and you got to remember, Furnace Fest, mm-hmm. the main stage was in the culture of Furnace Fest, the main stage, the headliners were not like the heartbeat of that culture, but they were still the biggest names, so the headliners mm-hmm. were what brought had the biggest crowd. So it was like under oath, which fits the culture, but then like taking back Sunday is a little more emo than furnace fest, like heartbeat and then kill switch engage, which is a bit more mainstream, but their crowds were still insane. Um, so think of that. Yeah. It was packed the, for their sets on this lineup for the win- Still my cam. No. <laughs> Still MCO. Nah. When we were young, I would say the biggest, like, mainstream also, and I know this sounds silly, no. Is Paramore. Oh, okay. Is, I know this sounds silly, 
But if you want to say who is the best known on that lineup, if you were to put everyone, just general population, Avril Lavigne. Yeah, but she won't close the actual festival. I would hope like, she'll not. She'll be on the main stage. I would, she'll be on I the main stage. I would hope not. I, but just because of the fact that there, that she will sell to people that aren't as much in emo, but are mainstream and have the money. It's kind of like the kills, like the people that went to Furnace Fest for Kill Switch. I, I, while I don't expect yeah. her to, I would not be surprised if she was a headliner. I also, oh, I, she'll be a headliner. She'll be, she'll probably be like the. I would say probably, if we call them like say top five acts, she'll probably be t- towards the top just because of like the name itself. Right, that's what I mean. Just the overall general yeah. population draw. Um, she's a bit of an outlier because she wasn't. She was always more mainstream, really, than she was in the scene. Yeah, she was really never with this scene. She just kind of gave off. That was kind of like more of like the act she played because she was never like in the scene and then broke it to mainstream. Like, granted, Paramore was signed to a major label deal. I'm just saying something that was. It was like something like, hey, let's start them off at this level so they can build a fan base, then bring them up to the main stage. It was never that. She was like, she was on a major label. So. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, she was a radio person from the get go, whereas the rest of this is more the scene that like emo underground, yada, yada, yada. That's why I wouldn't be surprised if she was if she like played last, even though I don't expect her to. Uh, Also. Because of this, it may be similar to, say, like Furnace Fest, the the bands that like we cared about more. And we're kind of like more the heart of the festival. At Furnace Fest, they overlapped with the big headliner. So don't be surprised if, let's say, My Chemical Romance plays last. Don't be surprised if Paramore's set goes through like the first half of My Chemical Romance on a different stage or vice versa. So like the peak. So you, these people that really, really want to see the two, like my Kim and say Paramore or whoever the big last two end up being, don't be surprised that they're playing somewhat at the same time. And again, people are going to have to choose yeah. between them. I think that would be like the worst. I think of all the, the wrong choices this festival could make, that would probably be like number one. Like, don't pit those two against each other. I could. See, I thought you were going to go like AFI and my cam, which is something I could honestly see, which would suck because I really want to see both of those bands. Um, because I've never seen my cam. Uh, I gave them like pretty much shit for an entire, a long time, and then actually listened to them. I was like, actually, they're they're a pretty talented band. I'm not saying like they're their best band, but they're pretty talented for what they do. I like and, them and, a lot, and I didn't like them until. Yeah. I really, I liked um, Helena. Yeah. And that was it until the Black Parade. And then the Black Parade is what blew me away, as it did many people. And I know that's kind of cliche to like their big fans, but I don't care. That's what did it for me. Um, Regardless, I'm just saying, most likely, whoever is the big final headliner there is going to be another band that a lot of people want to see that they're going to have to choose between whose whole set am I going to see? Like I, I to this day have still never seen taking back Sunday. 
because I was not missing further <laughs> seems forever, but because I was yeah. Oh, yeah. right. That was tough. So I did. So, and then it's that thing of that was so amazing. I'm done. Plus everybody else in our crew was done. And it was like, if I want to ride home, I got to go now. Oh yeah. But that very likely is going to happen at when we were young. Like you're, there's a good chance you yourself will have to miss somebody you really want to see in order to see probably Mike Kim's full yeah. set. I I feel like that someone like I mean I'm just I'm just going by the names that on the the poster how they had them. I could see me I could see it basically being like Mike Kim and AFI playing at the same time, and that would suck because like I do kind of want to see both those bands. Um, I didn't see taking back Sunday either other than like maybe hearing a song when I was looking for, I was looking for some kind of merch that day. I believe it was the, he is legend record that I didn't get till Sunday. And, um, I think I caught a couple of songs then. Um, the, the, I think it would be tough for you because they probably play my chem and the used together. And then you'd have that really tough time of like, do I go see the used or do I go see my chemical romance? <laughs> right. Nah, the used are going to be a little lower. They'll probably be up there, but they'll be a little lower. They'll be up there. But just for our listeners to know, Tyler is making a joke because, and this is completely just my personal take, I cannot stand the used. So many bands from the scene that are very similar to them, I love but I cannot stand the used. I, it's not a lot of people are like, Ward, that's ridiculous. You just never gave them a shot, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I just have never liked them ever. And I, so there's no way it would be a hard decision for me to choose between anyone and the used. If the used was headlining, I would just be like, sweet. I get to go home early and beat the crowd. That was kind of like when Killswitch played. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. I don't want to see Killswitch at all. This is awesome. <laughs> and I like Killswitch. If they hadn't have played so late or vice versa, I would have been down to see them. But I was also very down to leave after seeing Turnstile. And again, the rest of our crew was leaving. Was out. Yeah. Um, I, I still think... Uh, one thing nice is I'm going to mention this and then I, I want to mention one, one other like little joke type thing is uh, w- one thing it's nice is a lot of the bands I want to see aren't necessarily, I don't think going to be on the main stage. I mean, maybe early in the day, but there's like a lot of bands. Like I really like story of the years first True. record page Avenue. I really like that a lot, dude. They got better. They got better in my opinion, because they also got heavier. I, I would like, love they, to go see them because I've never, they're supposed to be on the tour with Amber Lynn and they didn't make it to the date. So I would love to go see them just because of like that record. That's a, that is a band on that lineup that I have never seen that I have always wanted to. So yeah, they would be one of my tops that I wanted to see. But the problem is there are so many on this bill. Every mm-hmm. unlike furnace fest Every time slot you choose, I do think, means you're going to choose to not see somebody you want. Oh, absolutely. I I will 100% agree with that. And and I think the funniest one, I think the most, I don't want to say most out of place because it's not really out of place, really. 
it's just I think it's going to be the funniest of the people that actually go to this. Um, I think the biggest like what is going to be knocked loose, and I they think are all the so memes are heavy. Yeah, like Thursday is heavy. AFI, especially AFI's old stuff, which they've been playing a lot of recently, is heavy and crazy. But knocked loose is so much heavier than the rest of okay. this bill. That's going to be... Again, I didn't go to see Knox Loose at Furnace Fest. You did with Caleb. And I was across the pond. So on the on the, the Furnace stage, I was across the pond on the other side of like this really like small stage, a eh, smaller stage that mainly reserved for like your emo acts or slower bands. A lot of them were like kind of like chill. Like you had some Sunday real estate. Jeremy Enoch was playing that night. Uh, you had um, Further Seems Forever. So it was, that's the kind of like your regular emo bands, like actual emo, not like pop punk And I think, the, I think the Get Up Kids may have played yeah. when Not Loose was. But, but my point is, I heard the stage from across the pond, at least two to three football fields away at least. And the singer was like, all right, this is your last, this is our last song. This is your last chance to destroy somebody. Don't disappoint me. And <laughs> someone's going to die probably during this. I don't, not really. That's I'm, well, I'm not laughing because someone's going to, I'm just like, someone's probably going to get injured. Actually, someone did get injured. Someone broke their arm. Someone got injured a lot at someone Furnace Fest. Someone broke their damn arm to that band. So, it's so many people got happen. injured at Furnace Fest a lot because it was just that type of music. But also, Knocked Loose almost started a riot. Like, we actually left the crowd because they ran off stage because they were mad at security. And I don't know what happened to get them to come back on stage. But, like, the band left. They walked off early in their set. And the crowd was so just, like, electric that if they had not come back out, there would have been a freaking riot. It's happened at shows before, and it was the reason we left because Caleb has been at a show when that happened, and it led Jeez. to people grabbing, like breaking things apart, swinging bars, swinging two by fours at other, each other. And so, like, and then once they came back out, Cameron and I went back inside. Caleb was like, I'm done. Awesome. They sound great. I'm done. We went back inside and it ended up being fine. But if they had not come back out, it would have been a riot. Like that is if for, if it goes sideways, <clears throat> there is a chance it might be because of Knox Loose. <laughs> because if they have any hardcore fans to go see them, like I, I think the crowd that goes to see them, they're definitely gonna be on a smaller stage. They're not gonna be on the main stage. They're gonna be on a smaller side stage, but it's going to be wild because if, if, if people really like knock loose, they're going to, that's just kind of, they just, they seem kind of out of place to me because they're not new. And so does car seat headrest. That was another one was like kind of weird because they're kind of like an, like an indie kind of band, like indie, like alternative kind of deal. They're, that how newer, kind of class they're, they're the new wave of emo. So they're a little emo. bit newer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, knocked loose is just so much heavier than the rest of this bill. They are out of place. So the people that are there for like Dashboard and Paramore and Avril Lavigne and all of those bands, 
some of them will have it. No- 303. Some of, some <laughs> so of them, like, I love 303. Yeah. Let me go see Doc Loose. And they're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> some of those fans will have enough experience to not be surprised by Doc Loose. But there's a good chance there's a lot of people that are not going to be ready for that mosh pit and for that crowd that are. Uh, it's, yeah. That's going to be interesting. I just, I just, uh, the, the, the last point I want to make as far as just like the, that I had never seen so much just like misinformation, like, oh, this is fake. Well, it's not fake. It's just a lot of bands in one day. And I did send you another festival that's happening, um, in California in April. It's called the Smokers Club Fest. And it's mainly like a lot of, yeah. rap. but it's, it's similar. It's, it has probably, I didn't count the artists, but I'm guessing at least 50. There's a over one day. And it's it's the same thing, and um, obviously it's not catching the same say like heat, and it's put on by Live Nation, um, but it's like I said, a very similar situation. And then uh, uh, people were saying that, well, I don't know how you're going to do this, you know, and have like a, a set time, and as far as like um, tear down your set, put a, the next band set up, and still get everyone in in one day. And my thing is like. When I've been to different warp tours, they have it, the stage split into two sides, and like you know, let, I'll just I'm just gonna say a festival uh, that I went to like one time was like um, it was in Pittsburgh, and they had the main stage, which wasn't the actual main stage. It was just like the main like if you went to this Pittsburgh arena, this is where the main band would play. But on warp tours, like a third or even a secondary stage and half the stage was like, okay, some 41. And then when some 41 was done or, or that while they were playing, the other band was already sitting up on like the right side of the stage. So as soon as some 41's playing within a minute, the next band was playing. So there was no overlap. And this is supposed to have like a rotating stage. I don't know how that's going to go, but I assume, you know, this kind of thing has been in the idea, like work for months uh, or not months, but rather years. So I assume there's some kind of a plan. Um, so I'm not. I'm honestly not too worried about that. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it won't run smoothly yeah. for like changeover between bands and switching bands. That'll probably run pretty smooth. I mean, bands are going to go over. That always happens. There'll be technical difficulties here and there. That's to be expected. Anytime, mm-hmm. it'll probably run smoothly for the most part. It's just the fact of this many bands in one day guarantees a lot of not getting to see a lot of them that's yeah i i i realistically think i'll probably see because i'm thinking like on a good warp tour day because that's i'm I'm hearing this most of warp tour because that's the amount of bands in one day kind of reminds me of that i know they're gonna have um they're gonna release a schedule prior to so i can kind of do my little planning but my guess is I'm probably going to get to see maybe 10 bands. I'm thinking probably eight or nine is more realistic, but I'm thinking if like, if everything goes really well and there's not like a major distance between the stages to where I'm not like hiking, you know, 15 minutes to go to like one stage or whatever, I can probably catch, uh, especially if I'm with us either a smaller group or by myself, I can probably catch about 10 bands. And it's great because it's one day. I don't really have to worry about like, Oh man, tomorrow I got to stay on my feet for another 10 hours or whatever. Um, so it's like, I can just tough it out for one day and I'm, I'm pretty sure I can get at least 10 in of like that 13 hour period or whatever. So, but how many do you think you'll get to see a full set of, I don't see you getting to see, I would say, I would say those, the, the nine or 10 is probably 
I would say at least 90% of their set, maybe minus one or two songs. Because I, I think they're going to, I don't think, you know, it's not like two o'clock, all three bands have a band playing. I think it's going to be off by like 15 minutes or a half hour or so, you know, between the state, like one, one fifteen, one thirty, maybe the set, the, the band, you know, times or, or what have you for the stage times. But I think for the most part, I'll get to see some. Now the shorter state, like this, like, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. They're not playing more than 30 minutes, 20 minutes, you know. So, yeah. That's a band I wouldn't see even them. see. I don't either. I just, that's why I mentioned them, because like a band I have no interest in seeing, and I know that they're not going to get a long set. I would be very surprised if they get a long set right. time. I don't say I know, but I feel like they're probably not getting a long set time. Um, and, so, you know, I've fortunately for me, I've seen a lot of these bands, so a lot of the ones I haven't seen are going to rise to the top. So, Again, even though Amberlynn, as I mentioned, is like one of my all-time favorite bands, but I'm probably not going to see them at all this weekend unless it just works right. out that You've way where there's no one else playing because I've seen them so much. Did you, did you see them at Furnace Fest? No, I caught Same. like uh, I went. I caught. I went to get a monster or something. I caught one of their songs or two of their songs. Massive. It was. It was probably like the biggest Amberlynn show I've ever seen because it was like oh yeah. Very I large. mean, they were on the main stage and yeah. they're and they are a huge band. So they were definitely a big draw for Furnace Fest, but I'm the same way. I've seen them a lot. I love that band, but at Furnace Fest, mm-hmm. I was okay missing them because of the other opportunities of who I could see. Um, but again, it, when it spread out three days, like Furnace Fest was, there were some bands that I wanted, like I already mentioned, that I didn't get to. Like I would have loved to have seen stretch armstrong for only the second time ever in my life i would have loved to have seen their full set but because they played and like 10 minutes after their set started i had to hoof it to catch all of further seems forever so that was a bummer but that didn't happen a lot at when we at when we were young that would happen to me a lot and that's why again for me it's just not worth it. Yeah. Um, let's uh, get ready to wrap up the episode because one, it's getting a little later. Um, and two, uh, it's, it's run along on time. Do you have anything else you want to, as far as like, I, I don't have anything else. I really want to mention or anything this week, um, at least as of right now. So some albums that I would mention that dropped uh, that I really liked uh, comeback kid, heavy steps, their new album came out this week this past friday oh it's good it's an excellent hardcore album i mean they've been a band i've liked for a long time but this album is so good oh my goodness it's a great album um dave bazan kind of surprised us i think was it thursday that his album dropped it It was it was was, thursday okay because i had two days of work to listen to it and it's so tough for me if i not have i don't have airpods and it was just like a crazy week for work so I still have not listened to his new record. I did listen to Control, Pedro Line Control twice. <laughs> still a great record. It's a very good album. So basically what I have been told, I have not looked this up, but I'm sure it was accurate information, is he is that uh, Dave Bazan and Pedro the Lion are doing five albums named after places that Dave has lived. And so the first one that came out, his last album, Pedro Lion album, was Phoenix. And then this one is Havasu. And then I guess there's supposed to be three more 
after that of three places cool. he's lived. It's a it's a very good album. The artwork it's different colors, but it's also very similar to Phoenix's artwork. Uh, so it's a very good album. Again, it surprised us because he dropped it on Thursday. It's like, hey, this is available. Yada yada. It's uh, so that's a really good album. There's been there were some others that right now I can't remember that came out, but those two albums I did want to mention: Comeback Kid, Heavy Steps, and uh, Have a Sued by Pedro the Lion are both albums that released this week that I'm very excited about. Um, other than that, uh, I for the first time ever I dove into Gorilla Biscuits, which are '80s hardcore band. They're like, yeah, so they didn't have a super they they haven't put out a ton of albums, but it's very eighties post heart or not post, but very eighties, like hardcore punk. So I finally dove into them and I, I don't know why I waited so long. It's really, really good. You have to like that. Yeah, they're good. It's, it's a lot more yelling, super fast paced, blah, 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 you know, like, but I, I really like yeah. it. So I dove into that finally uh, for the first time this weekend. Excellent choice there for me. Um, I don't. I did check. Mitski actually releases next Friday, not this coming Friday. So I still have another week and a half for Mitski. So I don't have that. Um, super excited to listen to her album. I don't know if I have anything as far as like albums this week. Um, the when I looked at my list that I took a picture of uh, previously at work, that was like the soonest album I had releasing. So I don't have anything at least off the top of my head coming out this week. Um, I have a lot of shows. Uh, Ozark, uh, part one of season four, the last season of Ozark dropped on Friday, which I just finished up before we started this episode five. And yeah, it's it's been a really good season so far. It's much better than the last season. Um, I didn't enjoy season four as much. I'm sorry, season three rather as much as the first two. And so far, not as much. I've, I'm enjoying this season more than I uh, enjoyed season three. Uh, I missed Euphoria and The Richest Gemstones tonight, so I will be watching those later in the week as well. And uh, Aziz Ansari has a new stand-up coming out on Tuesday, so um, I'm going to watch it. I don't know how good it'll be because I didn't like the last special that much. It was okay, but it wasn't great either. Um, so we'll see how this one is. Uh, trying to think if I have anything else. This is our out of bounds, by the way, is it's not about sports or yeah. about music. So these are our, but there's, I'm hitting play on these things. So it kind of, yeah, kind of, counts. these are our out of bounds that we're into. I, I'm not exactly tired yet. So I'm going to attempt when we get done to watch the new euphoria episode i may fall asleep during it because once i i'm going to do it in bed so i may uh pass out but i'm excited for that uh the new season of the show servant started that is a is season three that show is so creepy i still don't is that an apple tv show so creepy it is so good it is so good i've not watched it I still yeah. don't fully know what the hell is going on, but it is so good. Like I thought about checking out that show with uh, Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd on Apple TV. Um. Yeah. 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 Wait, is that on Apple? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He's I, like a psychologist, and Will Ferrell is going I, to him. 
I listened to the podcast that that show is based on, and it was a really good podcast, uh, especially if you're into like psychology yeah. and stuff, um, which is what I went to school for. I thought I was going to be a therapist. Um, that hasn't panned out, but uh, it's a really good show. I watched the first few episodes and then I just got sidetracked and I haven't gone back, but I do need to finish it because I enjoyed what I watched. Those two actors just play very well off of each other. And it, and I was in having the reference of listening to the podcast, like a while, a while back, they were, they were doing a good job. I enjoyed it. So I do need to go back to that. So I would say it's worth watching if nothing else, just for this seeing the two of them's dynamic uh, is really, really good from the little bit I saw. Trying to see if... Also Boba Fett. A lot of people are disliking Boba Fett. Some people like it. It's not as good as The Mandalorian, in my opinion, but I am still enjoying it. And um, some of the things I've been waiting to happen finally happened in the last like episode or two. So I'm, I'm glad about that. It's starting like it's finally starting to get to where like, OK, now I'm getting excited. So we'll see. Also, the last episode, spoiler alert for anyone. Um, the last episode ended with a hint that Mandalorian may show up. I, I'm on the outside when it comes to that, because like I'm not much of a Star Wars fan. Like, I, I'm not I don't I don't. I'm not gonna like. I don't crap on people that like it. It just, it's just not for me. Like I like the, I've seen the original trilogy and I've seen like the the second, the you know the original three movies or whatever they did in like the like late '90s early aughts. Um, I've only seen one of the like say newer movies. It was the uh, Force Awakens or whatever. I went to go see it in one of the theaters in L.A. But uh, I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea. I get it, you know. Like if people like it, I like that's a thing. But just it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> but I've, I have heard that people are kind of upset with Boba Fett. I did see that when I was scrolling yeah. through. Yeah, some people today. don't like Boba Fett because it's kind of it's compared to Mandalorian, which Mandalorian was really good. It's taking a little longer in some ways because they're doing like they're doing like two timelines at once. So there's a lot of flashbacks in it which is kind of interesting but it makes it in <laughs> my opinion it it it's causing the story to develop more slowly and then the second thing is like yeah. boba fett is this like hard badass and so far he's not as been as much of a badass which is kind of in the storyline but they haven't explained fully why like there's been some ideas that you can kind of generate reasons for why he's kind of getting his butt beat on occasion, but they haven't fully explained it. So, but overall it's just the two timelines at, at once kind of, in my opinion, is causing it to develop a little slower than, than fans would like uh, where at, and also it's being compared to Mandalorian that a lot of people enjoyed those two seasons so much that it's kind of like Boba Fett. We were excited for you and compared to Mando, you just aren't delivering, but I think it's good. I don't hate it. I definitely don't dislike it as, as much as some. Well, um, this has been top plays. I think we should, I don't know. Maybe we'll do another live one next week after the football games. Because I think they're going to end around the same time. I think um, it's six thirty for the. 
NFC title game. So it's probably going to be over at about, I think tonight was about 10 o'clock. So uh, probably about the same time next week. So maybe we'll shoot for another, another live episode, uh, fresh off the games. I'm always awake on Sunday night, even though I'm not super tired. I just know it's one. I have to get up like at six something and like five well, hours. That game, that game yeah. really got us going. Yeah. It, it, plus, it was like the whole weekend was really, like, really relaxing because this week was so crazy. So I, I really didn't have any plans. I, I had maybe one thing I was going to do, but uh, I know one last thing I'm excited for. One thing I wanted to mention Showbread is Show Dead. Yes. I'm not going to mention oh, anything else right. about it, but Showbread is Show Dead on vinyl. I'm super excited for that. Yeah. I'm excited for that. <laughs> all right. Well, until next week, Top Plays Podcast. Got to mention it. Top Plays. Yeah. Later. Deuces.